Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room podcast. I'm Melissa White. I'm your host, and I'm so pleased to be back with you today for this episode. And I just want to say this episode is inspired by several, several questions over the years that I've received from clients, from students, um, on um, the Facebook page, for the in, uh, in the Facebook group for the Spirit Room podcast. Everybody wants to know what they can do um, at home, what they can do on their own as far as a spiritual practice goes. And then so many people want to know about mine, like what I do. And sometimes I hesitate to share because I don't necessarily ever really do a lot of things by the book. I mean, lots of things I do. I guess it's sort of like a true Gemini. Um, (laughs) There are certain things that I'm just such a rule follower for. And then like, I mean, we're talking like the law. I I do follow the law and things like that. But I just feel so passionately about our spiritual practice and how we approach it, that it is so uniquely personal and also that it does not have to look one way. It does not, it cannot, it doesn't have to be just one thing. I don't believe it has to be rigid. I don't believe that it has to be something that is timed. I I just feel like it can be so much more expansive and so much more unique than people make it out to be. So I'm really excited to share with you today. So wherever you are in the world, I will say that I've noticed, I've seen on the analytics, I do have listeners in Ghana. So I do want to say hello and thank you so much for listening. I've got listeners all over the place, but Ghana seems to be a place that keeps coming up. So hello from me to you. And I appreciate each one of you for listening and for sticking by me. It's been a few years now. I think we're coming up on maybe three years since the podcast started. And certainly there's been periods of time where there's been more episodes than others. And I am now really, really getting into the groove with Teresa and Jamie of Gumnut Business Solutions. They're helping me. They're editing, which is amazing. Jamie is editing, which is phenomenal. And then Teresa helps me with so many things business related, like so many things. And so I'm super, super grateful for the both of them. And what's exciting is now with their help, I will be able to be on a more consistent schedule with the episodes. So Thursdays, having new episodes coming out, 
And I hope to be able to also free up some time, especially coming into the new year, to do some live events for the podcast, especially within the Facebook group. So if you haven't joined yet, you can search the Spirit Room podcast with Melissa White on Facebook and request to join. I'll let you in. And I do share, I share inside of that group. And also every once in a while, I'm able to go live. So I hope to make that a more regular thing coming up in the new year. All right. So having said that, just relax, enjoy. I hope that you are, you know, I know some of you will be cleaning when you're listening. I know some of you will be walking, out walking your dog. Um, Others will be driving. Who knows? Some of you might also be listening to fall asleep. That is something that I do sometimes too. I listen to podcasts to like allow me to sleep at night. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. So just enjoy. So as I said, I really believe it's all about experimentation to see what feels right for you. And I think that your spiritual practice should evolve over time as you grow and learn. So what works for you at the very beginning of your development journey might be very different at another point and another point. As you go through life and you experience more and more and you heal and you grow and you learn. So I'd like to just share a bit about the different types of spiritual practices and routines that I've had over the years in hopes that it might inspire you or it might help you in some way. So let's begin with meditation and go from there. So yes, I do believe that meditation is a building block. I do think that it is so important and it can be so key in so many ways. And I will just say this, everyone who who tries meditation for the first time, 99.9% of the time says the same thing that they can't do it, it's so hard to silence their mind, and that they get fed up and frustrated. All I will say is that they call it a meditation practice for a reason. It does take time, and it does take dedicated effort. And I always sort of liken it to an athlete that might be starting out, like say you just wanted to run a marathon, but you never really run before. So you wouldn't start by running, you know, a 10K. You would start by maybe walking, or you might start by running bit by bit. And then gradually, as you build up your stamina, and as you build up your endurance, you can kind of extend the time that you are running. And eventually, increase your speed and all the rest of it. It's the same with a meditation practice. You know, it does not have to start out by you sitting still and quiet without any thoughts for three hours straight. I think that's very daunting. I think that not many people would find that to be very appealing, you know? So the idea would be then maybe to start very, very small. And just to give yourself permission to recognize you are a human. So it's very normal, it's very natural to have thoughts. And the whole reason you're learning to meditate, or part of the reason at least, is to become more aware 
of how you might be able to manage those thoughts, how you might be able to discipline your mind a little bit more. So what is that saying where they're like, oh, you should be meditating? I don't know. I think you said you should meditate 30 minutes a day. But if you're too busy to meditate, then you should be doing it for an hour a day or something like that. But you know what I'm saying. I don't believe that there is a time that is, you know, perfect for everyone. But you get the idea behind that. So just right off the bat, you're letting go of any pressure or rigid expectation that you're putting on this meditation, okay? I realized when I first went to meditate, it was in a group, and I'd never meditated before purposely, like intentionally in my life. And it was such a beautiful, amazing experience. And I will say it was pretty natural to me, but... I did, of course, it was very active. I did have thoughts and all kinds of things. It was like really active. But it didn't take away from the fact of how it felt. And it was such a profound, life-changing experience for me. It really opened the door to help me to really understand that I was connecting with spirit. But what I will say is, once I'd done it once on purpose, I realized that I had been meditating my whole life but just not really knowing what I was doing. So, you know, when you're a teenager and you like spend time in your room and you're just laying on your bed and you're just listening to music and you're just like daydreaming. I mean, I was a big visualizer. I was a big daydreamer and I would see things in my mind's eye that I wanted to happen. I realize now I was pretty much like manifesting things um, that I wanted to happen, you know, without realizing that's what I was doing. And also I was probably even predicting, like I was seeing things before they happened. But it's besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that oftentimes we do we do go into a meditative state without even realize that's what, realizing that's what we're doing. When you're driving, a lot of the time you are in a bit of a meditative state, especially if you're kind of in this zone where you're not really thinking about too much and you're not necessarily paying close too close of attention like you're kind of just on autopilot that is a bit of a meditative state so there's lots of there's lots of times in our day-to-day lives that we we might be in that state when i first started you know having experiences with meditation i fell in love with it because it felt so healing Like it was something that I could, like a gift I could give to myself and I would just fit it in the pockets of time that I could. So at the time, my son would have been about seven, eight years old, and then my daughter would have been just a baby. And it was really, I did not have a ton of free time to myself, but when I did, I certainly got into the habit of making sure that my meditation was a priority. So even if it was only for five minutes or, you know, sometimes it was longer, I knew that every day that was a place where I could kind of create a sanctuary for myself. And I do credit that time meditating as one of the ways that I was really able to cope through one of the most difficult, challenging times in my life. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I did have um, a real a, a series of difficult, challenging, traumatic events 
after the birth of my daughter. And it kind of led to my realization that I was a medium and that I was connecting with spirit and all of that. But really that that daily meditation was something that saved me. And I don't think it's just the meditation. It was daily a time that I was carving out where I feel like spirit could reach me. Like I could spend that time, raise my vibration and just, and just be with them. So it is something that can be so, so precious in that way. What I will say is there's so many different types. I mean, you could be doing a guided visualization, which is a really common type of meditation. And I do think that it's a great type of meditation, especially in the beginning, if you're developing your intuitive abilities. It's great because during a guided visualization, you're going to be told to imagine seeing, you know, different images, different colors. You're going to be asked to feel certain things. You might be given the impression of, you know, uh, even having like a scent. Basically, you're getting to practice using all of your clairs, which we talk about in development but your senses, you know, so hearing, seeing, feeling, knowing, smelling, tasting. Guided visualization is a great way to practice utilizing all of those different senses. The other thing that happens with a guided visualization is that you do end up getting into a relaxed sort of zone. So you teach yourself to really relax the mind, relax the body, And eventually you allow this space where your soul can really rise up. You know, you're creating an atmosphere, you're creating an opportunity for something to occur, some kind of healing to occur. You're raising your vibration. So day-to-day life when you're just doing your thing and you're running around and you're working and you're taking care of things and you're thinking, always thinking, always analyzing, worrying, the anxiety, all of that. It's a certain vibration. And what I would say is that we can go higher than that, but we have to oftentimes make this conscious effort to do so. And it involves getting, you know, steady with your breath and really setting an intention to do so. But it is worth it. And I mean, they've done so many studies about the positive effects of meditation. I could go on and on about those. Maybe I'll get, I have a few people in mind actually that I wouldn't mind having on the podcast as a guest to talk about some of that stuff, you know, but I mean, life-changing for so many people. And I would just say if it feels like it's too, I get it. I, I think if you have anxiety, meditation can actually, like the idea of sitting and meditating can sound like torture, because you're being forced to be alone with your thoughts because inevitably those thoughts do come up to the surface and you kind of feel like a failure if you're like not able to not think and I would just venture to say maybe the goal is to like is not to not think maybe the goal is to allow those thoughts to come acknowledge them And then learn to have this discipline of your mind where you can kind of then release them, let them go. You know, so this this beautiful kind of 
dance where, yes, that might come up. Let me acknowledge that and then let me release it and come back to my breath. So just a very compassionate, loving kind of energy that you can give yourself. Not being so hard on yourself that it's not perfect. I don't think perfection is the goal in any way. (laughs) I think it's just the point of having an experience every time. And there are times, especially in the beginning, where I saw so much with my clairvoyance, like images and photographs in my mind. I saw like a movie in my mind, oftentimes lots of vivid colors. It was just so active. And then as I got more and more sort of experienced, sometimes that would not be the case. Like it would stop and it was just more subtle. And I used to think, oh, like what am I doing wrong? What I would ask you to keep in mind is that every single time you go to meditate, it's going to be different. And I think just a hint or like a tip would be to try not to judge your experiences and just allow them to be what they are and to know that no time spent meditating is ever wasted. Like it's always valuable. If you fall asleep, this used to happen to me too, and it still happens to people that I that I work with, students and stuff, just know that you'll still receive the healing that you need. So don't panic about that and don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty about it. It's likely that you're going into a very healing kind of energy with that. So not to stress too much about it. Guided meditations, I did create a meditation CD years ago. It's called Haven. I think you can still find it on iTunes, although I did look and I couldn't a while ago. And Spotify, I think it still might be on Spotify. And yeah, there's four tracks. And I loved creating that. It's it's kind of on my list of things that I want to create for coming up in the next while as well. And another sort of collection. I love writing guided meditations. And the process is not like me sitting down and using my logical mind to do it. I allow spirit to inspire me. I basically go into kind of like a trance-like state, allow them to come and give me the words. And I either speak the words that come, and then I would record myself like on a, a voice memo, and then type it up after, and then record it, you know, like properly. Or sometimes just sit and write, like allow it to just come through kind of like a channeled message. But I love to do that. So certainly you're welcome to listen to some of those. The other thing, I mean, there are so many on YouTube. So, you know, just go with what feels right. Like go with what feels interesting for you, intriguing for you. I don't think that you can really go wrong there. If you start listening to one and it feels weird or funky for whatever reason, just listen to your gut and choose something else. Like, you know, don't feel like you once you've committed, you have to stick with it if you really don't like it or if it doesn't, you know, doesn't feel good for you. I think there's, there's different apps as well. There's a ton of different apps that you can find for your phone that are really, really helpful with that too. Insight Timer is a good one. There are many. Another type of meditation that I have loved is like a mantra meditation. And everyone knows how much I love the Ganesh mantra, the obstacle breaker. There is something so powerful about it. It is 
I, I love the fact that with a mantra meditation, it keeps your mind busy. So for those of you that do struggle with a busy mind, I, I can relate. I, I also have a very busy mind. A mantra meditation kind of gives your brain something to focus on because you're just repeating these words over and over and over again. In this case, with the Ganesh mantra, it's 108 times. But then it, something starts to happen where it's almost like you become so centered. And I feel so grounded when I do that one in particular. It's phenomenal. Like I recommend it to so many people and I have recommended it to so many people. So that one I recommend. I just think like it is so powerful and so helpful, especially when you're wanting to release or you're wanting to move through fear, move through challenges and obstacles. So obviously I needed it at that time, big time. (laughs) So um, that's a great one. But there's many, many, many different kinds of mantra meditations you could look into. There's also sitting in silence. And I think that one's real tough for people. That one can be really difficult. But you could. You could just literally sit in silence. You can sit for trance, which is a totally different kind of discipline, but in in some ways also just kind of like a very deep state of meditation, like deep, deep state of meditation and a slightly different intention when we're working with mediumship. You could do a walking meditation. So what a wonderful idea to just go out and be out in nature and allowing that to be your meditation. You could be like just listening to the nature sounds around you. You could listen to music, but the idea is to allow that to be a different type of meditation. Sitting in the power, which is a specific practice for mediumship where the intention is quite different. So yes, we're sitting and yes, we're visualizing visualizing and feeling, but the intention there is to kind of build up your energy so that you can meet the energy of spirit and kind of connect, blend together, kind of like charge your battery. So it's a very active kind of feeling or a more charged up kind of feeling than say a guided meditation that would be for like relaxation purposes. I, mm, I'll come back to that, that thought. Uh, breath work, that's also a fantastic um, practice. I, we had Ali Levine on the podcast a while ago, and she was talking all about that. Very, very powerful practice. She's got an app that is phenomenal. I think it's called Breathe and Be. I have to check. It's on my phone, (laughs) but it's quite, it's quite helpful and powerful. So I do suggest that one for sure. I don't really feel like meditation is the time to be asking for communication from spirit or asking all of these questions. I feel like if you're asking questions and you're in your, like, you're just in your head, you're just like, it's such a different feeling. It's like, then you can't even enjoy it or you can't even be fully in it because you're just trying to get information, you know? So I really suggest allowing your meditation to be your meditation. And then afterwards, if you want to do some contemplation, if you want to ask some questions or if you're open to receiving like a message, for sure. I would say do it after, but I would, I would just give yourself permission to just enjoy the experience each time without putting so much pressure on it. I do think also something about meditating in a group that is really powerful. 
So there's a reason that some people find like in the group, it's easier for them. And then when they go home and do it on their own, it's so much more difficult. When you're meditating in a group, I mean, you're connecting with other people and the power is building. There's just, it's amplified and it's so healing. It feels, I mean, meditation when you're in it, like it can just feel so euphoric. And there's a reason why people say it's like a natural high. It, it is. It can be. 100% it can be. So, you know, it's something to consider. I, I do think regular practice with, with other people is such a beautiful thing. So that's just one sort of daily practice that you could look at with all these different types of meditations. People also want to know, like, getting to know your guides. How do you get to know your spirit guides and your angels? Certainly you can get to know them through those practices with the meditation. I would also say it's important to invite them into your daily life. Invite them in. Tell them you want to get to know them. That that intention is so key. It's so powerful. I like to walk with spirit. So when I go for a walk outside, I'm bringing them with me. I'm inviting my angels and my guides to come along with me. And I just spend that time with them. I don't really bombard them with a million questions. I just make myself open and receptive. And for sure, every time there'll be some kind of awareness, some kind of idea, some kind of inspiration that comes. And it's a beautiful thing. You could pull a card a day, like an oracle card or an angel card every day. What do I need to know today in the morning? And then you go through your day refer back to it at night and you can see how your guides and your angels are trying to give you a heads up. They're trying to help you. And I think it helps to build trust because you'll start to see what they're trying to help you with. It'll become very obvious. I also think hypnotherapy can be an amazing practice that you could, you know, you could get into. Krista McGrath, who is a student of mine, but also she's been on the podcast um, she's an amazing RTT practitioner and, you know, you can have sessions with a practitioner. You can also then listen to the recordings afterwards and, and implement those into your daily routine. And that can be absolutely profound and life-changing. Sound healing, if you ever have a chance to go experience one, it's phenomenal. It can be so life-changing, so healing. I've experienced several in my in my day but certainly the last one that I attended was at Sadhana Yoga Studio in Port Coquitlam and it was so powerful uh, a group of us a group of my students and I went and it was very very not only is it relaxing you really do experience a spiritual a spiritual healing you're kind of brought into a different world it's absolutely incredible some of the things that you're able to see and feel and it's a shared experience with other people so it's quite powerful as well I do recommend that you could also look you could do on your own you could listen to sound healing you know you can find them on YouTube the crystal singing bowls I think just having bells like bells are quite a cleansing clearing tool that you can use Clapping your hands can sort of shake up the energy and cleanse and clear energy as well. So all of those are, are good ideas as far as other ways that you can kind of um, implement a spiritual practice. I also wanted to mention, actually, I forgot to mention this before. With the guided visualization, 
there was one time, I don't know why I specifically remember this, but I was meditating in a group when I was, when I was going to development circle, when I was just sort of realizing my abilities. And I remember I had been at that time, I was really trying to like get my health in order. And I really was trying to like lose weight and do all this stuff. And I was, I mean, looking back now, I realize it was a problem. I was kind of starving myself too much during the day, but I would get to nighttime and it would be really tough for me to not feel like I needed to snack. So I remember that was on my mind. And then I would sit to do this meditation. And I remember seeing a tea kettle, like this tea kettle image in my mind, but I was shown almost as if it was like an icon on my phone. And I feel like the reason that my guides showed it to me in that way is because it was something that I would understand. Like I would understand if they showed me something on a mobile phone, like, like almost like an app or something that they were showing me. And what I took from that was like, oh, I had been asking like what I can do at nighttime instead of like, just just munching on junk obviously like the 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 the, um answer to that you know would probably be just like eat something nutritious and filling with some protein I mean (laughs) now that seems very obvious to me but at the time I don't know it wasn't so they showed me this tea but it was such a good suggestion because it was something that was very comforting it was very soothing to me it was helpful in soothing my nervous system like And um, it ended up being something that became like a bit of a ritual, a bit of a practice in itself, like just having, you know, at the end of the day, having this herbal tea and just nourishing myself with that. So that was helpful. So just ways that it's just an example of ways that you might be getting some information for yourself in that way. Another sort of tool or spiritual practice that you might like to explore is inspired writing. And I think that, you know, lots of people that I talk to are very opposed to journaling. They don't love it. And what I'm suggesting is not like a dear diary situation. I'm suggesting that maybe you allow yourself to just be very free and to be inspired and just see what happens. So, for instance, you could listen to a beautiful piece of music And then just allow yourself to start writing and allow it to be a free writing exercise. Kind of reminds me of Julia Cameron's um, The Morning Pages, if you've ever read The Artist's Way. Something like that, right? So that can be really, really amazing. One thing I like to do daily is I write a letter and I say, Dear Spirit, and I just talk to them. I tell them in a letter what I want them to know, how I'm feeling, like anything. I just pour it out onto the paper. Then when I'm done that, I take a nice deep breath and I write the words, dear Melissa. And then I just allow them to answer me and write through me. So I trust that I'm receiving their words and the information and what I need to know. And at the end, when I read, you know, all of the the letters back, it's just so interesting to see not only is it sort of different handwriting, different writing when it's like coming from spirit, it's different words. It's, it's certainly, there's like little glimpses of things that I just know it's not me. Like I'm allowing them to write through me. 
It's super healing. I love it. I would highly suggest experimenting with that. I feel it's very important, the energy of like your different kind of books and journals and notebooks and stuff. So I tend to really be picky about like one journal is just for that, just for spirit, letters to and from spirit. One is my notebook that is like for other things, you know, and then like my agenda. And then I have another one for notes that I take when I'm, you know, like connecting with spirit for clients, like just keeping the energy fresh and separate is I think a really important thing energetically. Journal prompts. I mean, I, what I do for my students, especially the exceptional medium and in the evolving medium, I allow spirit to give me the questions to ask them. So I sit and I allow spirit to come up with the questions and I, I write these questions. So for instance, one of the journal prompts might be, is there anything that you are not seeing clearly about yourself right now? And if so, what is it? And then they have to sort of allow themselves to write and answer that question. I think it can be a really powerful tool to really, it's it's therapeutic, it's self-reflective, it's 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 good. It's all good. Another idea is to have a gratitude journal. I think it's the most beautiful gift you can give to yourself. Well, there's lots, probably more or equally, but <laughs> it is one of the one of the most amazing things you can do. Not only because yes, it raises your vibration, but also then you start to train yourself to look out for things to be grateful for. And we all know what happens when you look for things to be grateful for. You start having more things to be grateful for. We need to celebrate the good. Life can be hard, especially if you're going through some, you know what, like day-to-day life and, and life stress is one thing. But I know lots of you listening at this point where even if you're listening in the future, <laughs> you might be going through grief. You might be going through physical illness. You might be going through a divorce. You might be going through a mental health issue. You could be depressed. You could be anxious. You could be harming yourself, hurting yourself. Uh, There's so many different things that we go through in this life that are not easy. And I think any time that you can ride the wave of this momentum, which is gratitude and like real true appreciation and joy for even the little, little tiny things. I think it makes so much difference. And gratitude really does sometimes come to our rescue. It does sort of help us to keep things in perspective at times. So it's a powerful, powerful tool and a beautiful spiritual practice. I love the idea of writing a soul letter to yourself or for someone else. What does their soul need to know? What does your soul need to know? I recommend that. I also love writing intuitive or inspirational messages just whenever I feel guided and then leaving them in random places like little love notes for people to find out in the wild, out in the world. And it's a way to sort of scatter joy. And you know that you're going to be guided to leave it at the right place at the right time so that the right person finds it. And you never know. You never know how impactful that message could be for that person. So give it a try. Give that a go. I I love that idea. I also think 
It's important to weave spirit into everyday stuff. Things that you're already doing anyway. So why would you not infuse spirit in there? I also think that there are people who would have you think that it's hard to do live a spiritual life. And or it's complicated, or that you need to follow a very rigid, specific set of rules and regulations. I don't believe that to be true. I think at the end of the day, living a spiritual life is living a life where you're open and receptive to knowing that there's more to this life than meets the eye, realizing that we're all here, every single one of us, every single person, every single animal, every single flower, every single tree, every single every single living thing full of life is here for a specific purpose. I think living a spiritual life is is being dedicated to not only your own growth and your own progress of your own soul, but being mindful and aware of how you can impact someone else's life. I think sometimes it's as simple as a smile given to someone at the right time, at the right moment when they really need it, or extending kindness, radiating love, and maybe being open to the fact that we're all in this together. And that we are, I know it sounds so cheesy, but it is true. We are all connected. And so it's more of a, it's a, it's a mindset, but it's also how we embody that knowledge and that wisdom. So someone who's psychic or a medium is not necessarily any more spiritual than anyone else. And I think there's a lot of mediums and psychics that need to hear that message and need to realize that just because they've spent time developing their skills does not mean they're any more spiritual. I think there's a, a humility that comes with spiritual awareness. And I think that there's a kindness and there's also a fierceness, you know, that comes with the spiritual life that we're here to create change too. So it's not all love and light. It's, it's also a fierce mission to create change and to fight for the people who don't have a voice and to stand up for what you believe in and to stand firm in what you know to be true. And it's not about the individual so much as it's about what are we creating together. But that could be its own <laughs> that could be its own episode. Okay, so weaving spirituality into your day-to-day life. You're going to be in the shower anyway. So why not while you're in there intentionally cleanse your chakras or have a conversation with spirit? or intentionally cleanse your auric field and your energy. You can do grounding visualizations while you're waiting in the car to pick up kids from school. You can do that when, if you're waiting for an appointment, like at the doctor's office, you could be doing a grounding exercise while you wait. Chat with your guides while you're getting ready. Like some of the best conversations I have with my spirit guides when I'm doing my hair, getting ready, doing my makeup, they know that they've got me sort of captive for at least half an hour, 40 minutes um, to like blow dry the hair and blah, 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 do all that. 
And it's kind of great because I'm busy doing things, but I don't have to think too much. So I'm just kind of open. It is a meditative state. So they can kind of in, come in and inspire me there. You want to test your intuition. You could do that at the cash register when you're shopping. Like, try to intuit what is the total going to be with tax and, you know, to the decimal point, you know, like, is it going to be 55.96? And then just see how close you are to that. You might be knowing that you're going to meet someone, friend for coffee. You might try to envision before you get there, what color shirt are they going to wear? What are they going to look like? What's their energy feel like? That kind of thing. While you're driving, you can send love intentionally and send healing to the people, the animals, and the places that you feel drawn to as you drive by. You can allow spirit to inspire your words as you have conversations or small talk with people during your day. Like, it's a, it's a spiritual practice to just ask spirit, what can I do today that will be good? What good can I do today? How can you utilize my energy, my words, my thoughts today? And then not only receive that information, but then act on it. Actually do it. You can call your energy back to you whenever you say, like, every time you fill up your water bottle as, like, a kind of, like, habit stacking kind of thing. You could, every time you go to fill up your water bottle, you're just, I now call all of my energy back to me. I release and let go of any energy that does not belong to me. Simple, but so powerful. So powerful. You can listen to audiobooks, podcasts, um, about stuff that you want to learn about. And like stuff within your spiritual practice while you're cleaning, while you're doing the dishes. The time is going to go by anyway. So I just feel like why not? Why not utilize it? Before scrolling on social media, maybe check in with yourself. How are you feeling? What does your own energy feel like to you? You can listen to healing vibrations while you're trying to sleep or while you're in the bath all that kind of thing. Another aspect of my spiritual practice over the years has been prayer and contemplation. Old habits do die hard. So I, to this day, say my Hail Marys and my Our Fathers from my, when I learned in catechism when I was younger. And that's a comfort to me. But do it your own way. Like, lots of times too, right first thing in the morning, the first thing that I'll do is put my hand on my heart I'll take a breath and I'll just pray. And it's casual, it's simple, it's not rigid, it's not fancy, it's not formal. It's literally like, dear God. And then I blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like I just let it flow out of me. It's like a chat with God. Um, I set maybe some intentions. I might request some healing. I send out some healing that direct prayers, you know, to people that I have in mind, deep breaths. I do that at the end of the day too. In the end of the day, it's a lot of gratitude. Another idea is you could have a God box. So a box where anytime there's anything that you need help with, or it's anyone else needs help with, or that someone that you want to pray for, or someone that you want to request, you know, some help with, or anything that's just troubling you and you need to release, you can put on a piece of paper and throw it in this God box. And then you can sit and you can put your hands over it, like hover it and just pray over it. That's a really powerful one. 
you can also just write like info dump, like all this stuff that comes up that you want to release. Like I really suggest this, write it all out, let it all rip. Nobody's going to read it. If you're worried about somebody finding it, you could kit like a, a black piece of construction paper and then write on it with a pencil, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, just something like that where you could have a little bit more of a I guess like less likely that somebody would be able to discern what it says. But the idea after that would be to burn that paper anyway or to bury it. And that's quite a symbolic thing to do and quite helpful. I hope you guys are taking notes. <laughs> these these ideas are helpful. I feel like I'm just babbling, but I do hope that it's interesting. And, you know, I, I think I'm not ever going to claim that, like, listen, this is like, the, these are the only ways that you can have a spiritual practice. Guarantee there's people that will tell you something very different and that people might have, you know, criticism over some of the things that I'm talking about. I just am telling you from my experience, as always, <laughs> my training, and just what I find is helpful and what I find has really worked for me. Guaranteed it's going to change and evolve over time, you know, guaranteed it will change. And I hope it does. I hope that I always grow. I hope that I always learn. I'm I'm so excited to think of all the things that I don't know yet. To me, that's like what fuels me. I'm so happy to continue to learn. Bibliomancy. So when you like just feel drawn to go to a book, you open it up to, uh, I put random, like it's like in quotation marks because it's not random. You're being guided certain page, certain point of words on the page, and then you read the words there and take those words as a message meant for you in that moment. It doesn't matter what kind of book it is. It could be any kind of book. It doesn't even have to be a spiritual one, but just notice like how that can be such a message and that's perfect timing. It's a way to really learn to trust that you're being guided. So I do really recommend that. I think any chance that you can get to use your creativity intentionally just for the experience of it and for the sake of it, not for a desired result, that is another spiritual practice, 100%. And it's such a key way to connect yourself back to your inner child. It's therapeutic, it's healing, draw, sketch, paint, just create something, write a story, write a poem, write music, sing. Singing, I think, is such a freeing thing and it's such a healing thing. And I think singing and artistic stuff, creative stuff, a lot of perfectionists, we've like put that away a long time ago, like since childhood, and we haven't allowed ourselves to do it for fear of, you know, not being good enough. One of the most validating healing things you can do is come back to that creativity. You can ask for inspiration using color. What is my color for today? What, what color do I need? And then just see it in your mind's eye. I just did that and I saw yellow. When I tune into that, what is this yellow? It's like a golden, sunlit, beautiful yellow color. What is that about? And what I get is that it's refreshing. And it's very healing, almost like honey on my nervous system. It just feels like it just envelops me. It's a very, almost like a protective coating that I get from that. And it's about like allowing for the sweetness and life. That's what I get. You could do that for, for yourself. 
what about using oracle cards, angel cards? Again, theme for the day, theme for the week, theme for the month, theme for the year. Get into using spreads, past, present, future. You could also be doing a Celtic cross spread for any kind of insight that you want into a specific area. That one is a really good one. You can make up your own spreads, which I highly recommend. I love doing that. Affirmations, speaking affirmations to yourself in the mirror. Wow, powerful practice. Louise Louise Hay has a book called Mirror Work um, that is all about that. So definitely another way to go. I mean, I, I feel like we could just, this could be like a whole series. But as always, I can never like just do one thing. I have to give you 10 million things. I have to have 10 million, 10 million things for you to know. By yourself, you could also use your Oracle cards and like look at the back of a card and then just tune in and see if you can see in your mind's eye what is on this card. What colors are there? What's the message? What does it look like? And that's a good one on your own that you can do. You can do that with playing cards, regular playing cards as well. Tuning into each one. Is it red or black? And you can get really good at that. You can also do with a friend, like tune into each other's auras, read each other's auras. You can do predictions for each other, like for the week or the month. You can practice with psychometry with a friend. If you're doing it on your own, you could look up a, or have a historical figure in mind that maybe you don't know too much about. Tune into them. Write down a bunch of impressions, all the notes that you come up with. And then when you're done, go research. Go look up this person. And you can check and see, you know, what, what you got right. All of these things that I'm offering, you can do for no, really no cost. You don't need to sign up for anything. You can just do it on your own. And I really am a firm believer in do what you can with what you have at any given stage. Because at the beginning of my development, like, I didn't have the resources to go and spend, like, money on my development. I really just had myself and I could rely on spirit to kind of inspire me, show me, teach me. I could go to my development circle, my drop-in development circle. I could read books. I could go on YouTube. And I just was very open and inspired. And I think it just, it worked. And of course, there's, there's such amazing things to be had when you can invest in your development. And I'm, of course, I mean, I help people to do that. So I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying that if you're sitting there being like, must be nice, like I wish I could. Most of the things that I've told you here within this podcast have been things that are either free or, or low cost. So where there's a will, there's a way. And of course, obviously, there's tons of different and unique ways to do all of this. But I think having a curiosity and a willingness to learn. That's all you really need at the end of the day. And with that, then you're golden. Anything at all can be a spiritual practice if you make it one, if you allow it to be one, if you intend for it to be one. I had students over the summer who were feeling guilty that they hadn't been meditating enough, they thought, or they hadn't been practicing enough with their skills. And they were feeling like guilty that they'd had this like vacation time with their families. And I just told them, you know, 
spending time with your family, enjoying this earthly life, that is valuable. That's maybe, I don't know, one of the most spiritual things you can do is to live this physical life fully and as harmoniously as possible within your mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul. So we don't have to choose. We don't have to be spiritual or human. We get to be both. And that's a beautiful thing. And I always think about the great Mavis Patilla, who's now in spirit, when she would say, like, don't let yourself become so spiritual that you're of no earthly use or something to that effect. And I always really relate to that. I think it's very important that we do live a physical life. And I'm saying it from experience. I I feel like if you get too carried away with the spiritual aspect of things, and you're not grounded, and you're not taking care of your physical body and your physical life, I think you're missing the point. And I'm someone who has done that in the past. I have missed the point, you know? So I'm just saying, like, anything, anything, anything can be spiritual if you allow it to be. So I do hope that that is helpful to you. I hope that it inspires you. And I would love to hear if you've implemented, if you decide to implement any of these practices. Now, listen, you do not have to do all of those things that I've mentioned. You could decide to do one of them, okay? And it can be your own twist. So please don't ever take anything that I'm saying as gospel, okay? It's what works for you. So be adventurous, be curious, be open, be receptive, and allow yourself to take action on inspiration from spirit. And I think if you can do that, your life will just be so much more magical. There's so much waiting for us. I, I think that we miss, we miss it. We miss so much. So I'll leave you with that. I do have um, an alchemy course, a self-paced course that's out, which I think could be very helpful. It gives you 30 days of practice, daily practice. So if you're interested in that, I will put the link to purchase that in the show notes. I've got I've got a bunch of things brewing. Like I'm really deep into planning for the end of this year and going into the beginning of the next year, 2024. 2020, so I'll keep you up to date. I'll keep you guys updated with that. But for now, I will leave you with that, with my love. Remember that spirit always finds a way. Love you so much. Take very good care of your mind, body, and your soul. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.